thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Yeah, good evening. Welcome to the Arsenal Fan Show. Uh, Jay Watson in for Johnny Burrow. Uh, back tomorrow as well. And Friday, and then it will all return uh, to normal. Johnny returns um, from his expeditions, um, wherever he has been. I know he's been a busy, busy boy. Um, but it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I've done this Arsenal Fan Show. Uh, Dave and Giles, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's been a while. It's been yeah. a hot minute, hasn't it, Jake? What's, what's been happening in Arsenal? Much? Well, not enough. No. <laughs> no, no seriously, I'm trying, I'm trying to cast my mind back to maybe the last time I was in this studio studio with you it's yeah it's it's been at least six months it was been, i think it's earlier on in the season mm. wasn't it? early part of the it's season been a long things, time things were looking up yeah back those days but um since then it's um it's been typical arsenal dave that we're was back, that, that was that was a proper yeah well we're back <laughs> yeah well we're back to the pro- life's been sucked out of you already and the season's not even <laughs> no, started it's, it's actually the complete opposite for me but it's okay. cont- contextualizing i actually my mindset now is I know Arsenal aren't going to win anything, so mm. I'm in the mindset. I'm actually quite excited about seeing the kids, and I think we're not the only club in that position. Yeah. So I'm sure Chelsea feel the same right now. So yeah, I mean that's one of the things we want to talk about at the top of the show because obviously we had our first pre-season friendly. We always have a curtain raiser against Boreham Wood, and sometimes like last year, because of all the new signings early, mm. the likes of Aubameyang and Socrates were playing in that game. This time, because we're You've jetting out this weekend, we we played virtually all the kids, and it was interesting for two reasons because which kids weren't playing was as interesting as which were because the mm. ones who weren't playing we sort of knew were going to be promoted to the first team which okay. is why it's quite exciting and we actually got that news confirmed today with three players yeah. Reese Nelson um, Joe, Joe Willock okay. and Eddie Nketiah Eddie Nketiah all given first team squad numbers today it's yeah. confirmed so yeah. none of those played but, but you know we've got someone coming on the line shortly who was at the game to give us a report David so. she's there already is she good yes <laughs> uh, we've got Joan Smith on the line Joan very good evening good evening all Evening, Joan. How you doing, Hello. Joan? Stay I'm great, thank you. Jolly good. We were just, uh, I don't know if you heard us there, but we were just sort of talking about the, it was almost as interesting as the, the youngsters that weren't going to play against Borenwood as as ones that did, because obviously we've heard today that some of them have been promoted, but we still wanted to get a view of you know the comeback and, and which kids particularly impressed you from Saturday's run out of Borenwood. Yeah, well, of course, first of all, it's congratulations to Reese, uh, Eddie and Joe for their professional team, which is obviously a reflection of uh, the... Uh, of the quality of our academy at, uh, at Arsenal. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the young lads did really well. And, um, you know, I think in the first half, Matt Smith was, um, for me, the, uh, the standout player. He was very, very good in midfield and a very cheeky one to, to, uh, to, to score that goal. So he was very, very impressive. Um, I, you know, I felt that um, in the first half, we were getting overrun a bit. Um, obviously, Boreham would. Um, some of those guys are sort of very physical. It really was men versus double, boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, double double the size of um, of some of those uh, some of those boys. Um, but you know, you're going to come across that. There's always going to be someone bigger than you, and you've got to be able to knock them off the board as much as they try and do that to you. Um, but the second half changes uh, were, were really good. Improved the balance of the game, and especially um, Amayuchi and uh, John Jules, who was uh, outstanding for me in that second half. Um, and all in all, to come back to three all with uh, you know the score it was at half time, and then going three one down, it, it, it was really good. So a good bit of spirit from uh, those Arsenal boys. Uh, hi, Joan Giles here. Um, Hello, Giles. Hi, uh, I just wanted to ask really about Amici because there was talk last season that um, 
you know, he might not sign a new deal or, you know, he was being like, watched by a lot of uh, elite European clubs. I mean, what's your feeling on him? What's your take on him and guys like uh, John Jules and uh, is it Yusuf Moussa? Is that, have I got his name um, right? You know, I mean, I have to say that um, it's good for for the young, you know, for the young lads uh, uh, to go out uh, to go out on loan or to get experience elsewhere. But um, I, I really feel that if we're going to invest in our youth, we really do need to invest in our youth and play them as much as we can at Arsenal. Yes, they're going to have to go out and get experience uh, here and there. And when you've got players who are very good uh, in key positions, giving them that extra game time is only going to improve their um, you know, confidence uh, further. And you could see that by uh, the way that you know, the game changed in the second half with those two coming on, with Amiuchi standing up at the back post, they're putting the balls there. And it was really that um, sort of big improvement. And the game seemed to gel very quickly with two of the more experienced young players who are, you know, who are playing on a, on a regular basis. And I hope that they're going to be in the next batch that are going to come through for consideration for a promotion to the first team. Is it tough for Amici, given that Saka, who obviously plays in a similar position, has already had that first team run out and obviously may be ahead of him in the pecking order. I mean, what, you, you, you probably watch more of the two of them than I have. What, what's your view on um, that? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's that incentive when Thomas is in, in, in a similar role. I mean, it's that incentive there to say, well, I'm going to, you know, do that, do that bit harder. I'm going to push myself that further because I want to be a first-team player for Arsenal. I want to wear this badge and I, I really want to do well. Um, so it does give that competition uh, uh, amongst the boys... And I hope that as we go forward, these are going to get more chances to come into the first team, whether it be just a few minutes here or there, but, but play them. It's pointless having good, talented youth if you're not eventually going to, you know, going to use them. But the competition amongst certain of, of the boys will only stand good you know, for coming up to that first team. Joan, which which players do you think should are ready to go out on there? Because as you said on Saturday, we're playing men's football, and really you need to be. I mean, there's 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 you know there's an argument to say that under twenty three football, you know, doesn't really give them that kind of grounding. Whereas if you send them out on loan to the lower leagues, they get that you know they get that grounding. Which which players do you feel are ready to sort of go out on loan and and, and um, earn their corn? Well, I mean, I I certainly think. Um, Maybe Amici would be all right to go out on loan to get some experience of playing in other in other league. Um, when you're playing at this level, you're, you're playing the same sort of I might say the same sort of standard. That doesn't sound too good. You're playing that same sort of level every week, but when you go out, you're going to be playing um, in a obviously different setup, being pushed in different ways, um, and working harder, um, sort of doing more. Um, I, I, my only worry is when they do go out on loan, whether they're going to get um, sort of injuries that are going to sort of set them back when they come back. But going out on loan can only develop that experience. Um, so I think probably the ones, um, if we are going to send it, would be Amici. Um, and as much as I'd like to see uh, John Jules come through, uh, I think a, a period uh, with a you know on, on a loan would do him sort of really good. So I think they're the standouts and possibly um, young Matt Smith as well. Um, I think he would be, um, you know, good going out on loan. He certainly got rave reviews on Saturday yeah. that I read. Yeah, yeah, he was very. And, and I know that there's, there was some um, some of the things sort of read online about the number uh, seven sort of not being as uh, perhaps fluid as he should be. But f- 
from from what I could see, there were times when he really was working um, very hard. But I think there was some some criticism of, of not um, getting ahead of uh, who he should be. But from where I was sitting in the stand, from what I could see, he was putting in sort of quite quite a good performance. But it really was a case that means I mean some of those um, Boreham Wood players. I mean they're you know they're real units that they're very big, and it was very difficult for some of those lads in, in the first half to, to, to find a way past them. But perseverance paid, changes and more experience came in and that paid off with uh, a more fluid performance and, and the goals. Does that, um, I mean, linking it into your um, short video message last week, um, obviously the, 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 the guys who were protesting at the shirt launch were, were really protesting about Cronky not putting in money for signings. But mm. I, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting the sort of feeling that part, part of your message is not only a critique of them, but it's the fact that you actually want to see some homegrown players playing in the first team and you'd rather see that than, than perhaps some potential signings that may not may not you know pull on the shirt with the cannon on their chest as much as those youngsters would yeah I mean I am I am a very firm believer in when you've got an academy that are invested some of these boys have been with us from a very young age and have come through and through and through and through and if you're not going to promote your youth into the team and give them a chance it's not it's no incentive uh, for those young lads. So I would like to see some of these younger players getting the uh, chance of coming in, as we've seen now with uh, Eddie, Reese, and and Joe. It's been hard work for them. Um, but also, um, to balance that, if we're going to move forward, we've got to have some investment at other levels to get the Arsenal team that we want, to get the Arsenal team that but to compete at the level that we know that they really should be competing at and to get the success that Arsenal Football Club deserves. Um, but I'm afraid, from what I saw the other day, as an owner of a club, that wouldn't have inspired me to um, to put any money in when people like that are, are, are representing the, the, you know, the club on a video. It's absolutely ridiculous. Talking about youth, Jonah, I don't know if you were aware, but um, there's a you know there's a, a, a group of young guys now that are sort of forming and trying to bring a better atmosphere into Arsenal mm. games, and apparently they they did their own sort of pre-game march. I think they're called Ashburton. Ashburton. Uh, yes, they did, and I was yeah. on the train with them as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you taught um, them a song or two. <laughs> you know, um, well, I, I think I learned a few more. I can do so. <laughs> probably, um, yeah, probably. Uh, a few expletives there, yeah. but no, <laughs> not, not radio but, friendly. Yeah, but even at friendly, I mean, there's there's always um, you know there, 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 there's atmosphere. But I was on the train with them, um, and oh my goodness, it was good to see a band of uh, of young fans because this is the future of yep. Arsenal. Um, this is what we want to see. We want to see going forward that um, that, that the fans going forward are going to really bring some life and, to, and, and some spirit because if it's not coming from us mm. it's not going to come in to, you know, for, from the players um, and some point is protest about not turning up or whatever what are you going to do I mean, you, I mean the players are still going to get paid whether, they, whether there's 100,000 there or whether there's, there's 10 but to, to have this you know, the, the, these young lads they put up their banner they were making a noise uh, they were singing along and they were really geeing up an atmosphere, which um, really is needed. I mean, you as players, you you have to know, you have to earn an atmosphere. But my God, those um, I think those young uh, young lads are, uh, are going to be a credit to the club going forward. And those are the sort of people we want to see start coming through to the games, and giving them something to shout for and to be proud of their club. 
Well said, Joan. Okay, love thanks, Joan. Joan, thanks very much. Thank you. There we are, uh, Joan Smith there, big Arsenal um, fan. Uh, yeah, chaps, just, just a quick one on, on those young players. It's, a bit, it's always a bit dangerous, I think, with the young players, particularly the, the top clubs, because naturally the, the youngsters within the academy setups and the under-23s at the top six are going to be better than the ones you'd expect anyway at, at the other clubs. I feel that sometimes sending them to a Championship League One club can actually hinder their progress because it's so, so different to what they're used to. And actually, you know, say for instance, an example, Phil Foden right now. I would rather Phil Foden play 10 games for Man City next season than play 50 in the Championship for, for you know, any old club because that would serve him better, I believe. Do, do you not think, particularly with the way that Arsenal's run as well, in terms of the style that's implemented mm. into the players, for some of them it's actually better for yeah. their development to stay within the club. Oh, yeah. The, the special ones, uh, you, you take it by, I imagine they take it by a player-by-player basis and the special talents, the extreme talents, you mm. probably, you know, the management, and they, they'll, they'll, they'll review it and they'll assess it and they'll think, this player, we've got to keep him on board. He's not going anywhere. We've got plans for him. But then there are other players that possibly aren't just there yet, but are, are above the under-23 level that need to be... Mm. You know, and 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 as you said, I think going out on loan is like a make or break for them because some players yeah. they go to these these other clubs and they think I'm a Billy Big Big Boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Big Potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Know, know that phrase really well. <laughs> Styled that out. I would say <laughs> that was close. <laughs> and they, um, you know, and they don't, they don't, you know, they think oh, you know, the, the training facilities and this and that they get, you know, they, they don't like it. They don't, they don't get on well. Yeah. You know, and it goes it goes to pot. And on the other side, the flip side, there are some boys that go and they really embrace it. The and flourish, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the culture. The, yeah. I hate to say it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But but then I mean, I'm not suggesting for one moment mm. that he would have gone on to be a star. But someone like Tree Brackpom, you know, I was just thinking the mm. same thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? When he went out on loan, he was he was breaking all these records, wasn't yeah. he? In, in the reserves and, yeah. and the yeah. development sides, he went out on loan, failed, and then he's just. I mean, look, whether he, it was just because he wasn't good enough for men's football, we don't know. But do you know what I mean? He's that, just won the league. But in, Greece. in Greece, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but whether it, it can be, can't you? can have one lone spell. I think of Apologies James. to Greek listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I think of James Wilson at Manchester United. He, he came yeah. through, didn't he? He scored a couple mm. of goals at the back end. Mm. Um, it was under Ryan Giggs, yeah. I think. But anyway, he went out on loan, didn't do it, and now he's. He's gone. He disappears, and just yeah. you have to be so careful of, yeah, of whether it is actually better for them to go out and play football. Whilst it's great to to go play with men for their development, sometimes it could actually you know hinder them in yeah. terms of becoming it, it, an Arsenal yeah. first it, it, team regular. It also depends on the, the, the choice choosing the right club for the yeah. Yeah. Massively, we yeah. look at Serge Nabry. You know, would he still be at Arsenal <laughs> if he hadn't gone out and loaned to West <laughs> Brom and got <laughs> injured? You know, yeah. under Tolly Pulis. You know, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, but, uh, no, I did see that the other day. Did you see the tweet from? Yeah, you know, of course you did from from Hector Bellerin. Yeah, you know the the, yeah. the, the print screen of, of Tony telling Serge he's not good <laughs> enough for West Brom, next to Serge winning Bayern's Player of the Year. Oh, anyway, right. let's not dwell on that. Yeah. Uh, we'll do some transfer rumours when we come back. Wilfred Zaha, uh, Kieran Tierney, they're the two big names, aren't they? Linked with Arsenal at the moment. We'll, we'll discuss them uh, and various other stuff with regards to maybe some of these used players, uh, Emmanuel Smith Rowe, and also Reese Nelson as well. Love sports. Yeah, welcome back. It is the Arsenal Fan Show. Uh, the chat's from Gunners Town Radio. We've got Dave and Giles in the studio. Jake in for Johnny. Uh, Johnny. 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 will be back next week. Um, let's do some transfer rumours, shall we? Um, are you sick and tired of talking about Wilf and, and Kieran? Because they're, they're, they're both well, Wilf dragging. Scored. Wilf scored today, didn't he? In the quarterfinals. Put them through to the semi-finals, was it? I saw. Yes, he did. Yes, he yeah. did. He did. He's having a good day. <laughs> <Ivory Coast. laughs> did you that's, see that's that? That's five million on the price there, tag. There was... I don't know Thanks where this to... rumour come from, <laughs> but um, I think it was Arsenic on Twitter. It said, you know, to aggregate it. So just 
takes whatever news he finds. And apparently um, yesterday, the news was that Wolf Zaha wanted to leave for special condition because he wanted to talk sort out his transfer whatever yeah. Yeah. situation with the club and come back. And I thought, I mean, you know, have some sort of filter. I, I, I think, I personally, my take on it is that yeah. the press are... I'm not saying the press are always off the mark, but I think they're quite a way off the mark here. With regards mm. to? Because the, I don't think Palace are appalled by Arsenal's tactics. I don't think they're distressed. I don't think they're up in arms. I think Steve Parrish is absolutely going to let Wilfred Zaha go if the right price, price is right. Yeah. And yeah. yes, you'd expect that bid to be low. We have offered players in Park Exchange on top of that, but they haven't, the press haven't really picked up on it. You know, I... I he went back there on loan. He got them back in the Premier League. He signed a contract when he didn't have to, and therefore his price, instead of being twenty million now, is going to be fifty, sixty million. Yeah, he owes Palace nothing, and Steve Paris knows that. You know, as far as I'm concerned, so it's just a case of finding the right price. Yeah. No, and I think no, I th- you make a number of really good points. I do think, though, at the same time, Crystal Palace said no very, very quickly and easily um, to that bid. I mean, look, I'm sure. Crystal Palace didn't say to the newspapers the bid was derisory or they no, laughed at it. Do you know what I mean? It, that, that's up for people to, to decide whether they think that's a, a derisory bid or not. I mean, if I'm completely honest, I think £40 million is derisory. I think you would never expect Arsenal to or any club to go in with the, the, the optimum, no. maximum price they're going to mm. go in with. Again, we all know that, but, but still, you know, 40, 40 years low. But I think I just, for, for Crystal Palace, it's a strange situation in the sense of they're very similar to lots of Premier League clubs now. That we're so cash rich, yeah. and and, well, and they are. Arsenal. <laughs> that, that, that transfers between Premier League clubs are just going to become so few and far between, yeah. because for obviously as a, you know as a, as a Leicester City fan, Harry Maguire's not worth ninety million pounds, but we don't need to sell him. We don't want to sell him, so we're not going to just say, okay, this is you know we're going to let you join a, a one, of, one of the bigger mm. clubs. So look, Crystal Palace, absolutely, of course they do a deal. They would do a deal, but you know for for them, mm. who are they going to go get? Well, they, they've the lost Wan Bissaka and Zaha. Well, they are linked with someone, aren't but they? And Sam Maximum apparently, apparently Watford had stepped ahead of Crystal Palace in the in the chase for Sam Maximum because apparently that was where's he from? Uh, nice, okay. the Nice player. And I, I'd read, I mean, again, this is all rumor and conjecture, mm. but apparently he was the one that Palace had earmarked to replace Zaha if he left. Well. Watford apparently now have stepped ahead of them in the chase for him. and um, yeah. So, I mean, Palace can play it how they want, but, I mean, if they're going to let him go at a certain price, they're going to have to... You know, they they need a replacement. Careful. Yeah, they're they need to be a replacement. careful, really. Um, and it's tough when he's away, yeah. potentially, for another yeah. two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. So, Arsenal, yeah. Arsenal will... I mean, sorry, Arsenal, Crystal Palace will want you know a, a resolution to it because, mm. you know... Wilf has made it clear he wants to go, and, and as they say, Crystal Palace would they wouldn't stand in his way. But at the same time, they're not going to yeah. they're not going to let I, him go. I, I, th- and, I and think the I think closing as well. Yeah. I think logic says fifty million pound and, and a player from Arsenal they want, and I think that player is probably, if anyone, Callum Chambers. And when we see Tyro Mings going for twenty six million, how mm. much is that? Callum Chambers has to be worth the same as Tyro yeah. Mings. Mings is yeah. a championship player. Fans player of the year. No, 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 no it's, a, it's a fair point. But I think lots of people are saying the Tyrone Mings thing is is inflated, but. <laughs> aren't they all? No, everybody's yeah, saying that, not thing. just a few people. Yeah. No, I know, but, but aren't they all? Why yeah. don't we just sell him to, to Villa? Because Villa's paid 14 million for Target and now 26 million or whatever it is oh. for a thing. So they've obviously flushed with money. Sell Chambers to them. I know, it's unbelievable. You know, it's, um, but I think, I think Palace, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Palace just wants straight cash. Yeah. No, I yeah. think they do. Yeah. But I think they want cash yeah. and a player. But, <laughs> but if the player wants to leave, mm. then maybe mm. there'll be some negotiating. Mm. Do, you, do you both want Zaha? I do. Yeah, I want a player yeah. like a Zaha, Zaha. Yeah. and, I, and I've, 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 for a long time, I've liked him, even with his all his histrionics and whatnot. 
I just think he's a kind of player that we miss ever since Alexis left. Yeah. We've missed that kind of maverick, that that fire starter, that one that can occupy players. You know, even if he, you know, gets about two or three players around him, that leaves space for others. Mm. You know, then there's the product that he delivers as well. Yeah, I also you like know. the fact that unlike Alexis, he will go on the outside as well yeah. as the inside. Yeah. So you never quite yeah. know his Saha because Alexis, every single defender in the league knew after the first season he was going to cut inside. So Saha's a less yeah. less predictable yeah. outlet. I look back, I've certainly you know, good day sixty six searched Saha and in 2011 what from your own tweets yeah Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to because I know that I've always and I actually did say or or were you more worried that people people dig him out and say you said he was rubbish five years ago I will will get that anyway (laughs) but no but I did say we should sign him before he went to Man United I mean he was so exciting when he burst on the scene did you see that tweet the other day I think it's from one of your mates Uh, I don't know if it was that could be anybody I think Willow was talking about John Williams was talking. He was somebody sort of got an excerpt from an Arsenal magazine, and that in two thousand and not about ten years ago, Zaha scored a hat trick oh, yeah, in his Crystal Palace that. youth team that featured players like I think it was Wiltshire and all those kind yeah, of guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So back then, he was seen as the next big thing, and sort of you know it's it's kind of come full circle. And yeah, I, to answer your question, I would really like him here. Yeah, no, I see. I think I think he improves any Premier League squad. Uh, maybe he wouldn't get into a Liverpool and Man City eleven. Um, I mean, there's actually arguments to suggest he, he could do. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think he improves any squad. Um, the only dilemma it gives us is it, it, I can't see him being able to play Saha, Aubameyang, and Lacazette. So the decision to be made there because <laughs> it's, it's that's pretty gung ho, isn't it? That is a four-three-three <laughs> within, unless you sign an, a really, really good sort of solid centre midfield player as well with yeah, three lungs so you're going to be the rotating <laughs> the rotating between Aubameyang yeah. and Lacazette if he goes 4-2-3-1 which mm. I think that's what he wants to do do you, do you think that eventually Zaha might end up a central striker well that's why that's why well, I Palace like... played him there mm. you know quite yeah. a lot it, last year when they well when Benzeki was out they had mm. to didn't mm. they but I, I think also this is why and I know Arsenal fans are up in arms about this but the idea of if we if we, if we were offered £70 million by a Chinese club for Aubameyang I would take it to buy Sahar mm. because well, yeah, we've only got one striker in Eddie Nketiah. No, you've got someone who can play wide or central in Sahar, and he's 26, whereas Bamiyang's 30. You know, the it, thing is, it, the if goals, it's the same, though, it's yes, the goals you're losing, you, isn't it? But how you, you, it's easy to say that you don't know how many goals Lacazette would have scored if he was playing sole striker every week. Well, we do. We, we, that's why. Well, we in the Aubameyang. first season from France, we, we right. he, he didn't. Do yeah, it. but, but he's, last he's, a season, he's a different kind of striker from Aubameyang. Aubameyang is a penalty box off the run off the shoulder sort of striker. Lacazette's a bit more of a different player. You know, he, he doesn't play take as much shots. He doesn't create. He doesn't take as much chances. So, so if you were playing a four-two-three-one, you would play Aubameyang and Lacazette. No, no, I would play Lacazette at a nine-point-five behind him. And I've, always, and I've always said that. <laughs> that always that's a platform that. at King's yeah. Cross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hogwarts. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I've always said that I think he's, you know, we could play him in the hole behind Aubameyang. Yeah. I think they have a good enough relationship chemistry to play him there, but, you know. Is, is there a danger the longer we sit on this Zaha deal that somebody else could come in for him? Because the, the fee that Palace want is very clear. Mm. And at, at some point, we say, well, well, sorry, if you won't pay it, we will. Because but I don't think Zaha's bothered where he ends up as long as there's he's no a big one else six. in the top six who've shown any interest at all, mm. and he's an Arsenal fan. So no, I can't see that. No. Apparently, he wants to come to Arsenal. I think yeah, he'd just Arsenal. go to any top six. I think he would. With, look, of course, mm. he'd love to play for Arsenal. I'm sure he wants to be in London. Yeah, well, again, and mm. I think that would also very much go in in Arsenal's favour. Yeah, it, it just just make me wonder. Do you know what I mean? When a, when, mm. a, when a club, it's not that they're saying he's not for sale. They're saying, yeah, you can have him, but this is this is how much. And, and there are there are clubs out there who will bid more than than Arsenal. So yeah. they need to hurry along. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and the windows close. What do you think of the, the, the this fifteen percent or twenty percent that they have to keep? fifteen profit to United, yeah, isn't 15 it? Fifteen million. Pro- that's capped at fifteen million, isn't it? Yeah. Or twenty five percent. I mean, that's probably that that could be playing a part in. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. You know, know, when people say Chris Palace are asking for too much, we we'll say you have to bear in mind that they're not getting all that that cash as well. Mm. Um, Kieran Tierney. Then uh, you've had a couple of bids rejected from already. Again, it feels. <laughs> um, all, have we or haven't we? Well, yeah. you know. Um, Last weekend, yeah, everyone's all by the shouting. It was just a medical to be arranged. Love sports and, sources. And, and, and Good people, lots of good people said that. Yeah, myself included, because good people told me. But yeah, it's gone very, very quiet. Mm. Picked up a little bit again today. Um, yeah, I mean, then there's talk of Napoli, who they they're, they're sort of like hovering. Whether that's true or not, are they trying to make Arsenal? No, I, well, I don't know what's going on with Napoli this mm. summer. Linked with um, Kieran Trippier and Kieran Tierney. I'm not I sure. Juve were linked with Trippier. Yeah, right? Trippier yeah. also linked with, with Juve. I'm not sure what where these links are coming from. And then you can throw in throw in the fact that suddenly Nacho signed a one year extension, mm. and everyone's like, "My oh God, we're you know, we're not mm. going to buy him." And mm. you know, next not a fullback. And, that, yeah. yeah, and then we have got Saliba, who apparently up we have agreed a fee of yeah. thirty million pounds. For, although we don't have to pay anything now and he's going to get loaned back, back yeah. which is bizarre um, given that we probably need a, a left-sided yeah, central I, defender I, more I, than anything and I've heard the argument that it's <clears throat> the fact that we've got so many, enough defenders is probably the reason why but I think those defenders didn't really showed themselves in a good light no. last season no so I've we, seen Per in pre-season yeah. training yeah. <laughs> but Celtic you know, they've signed a replacement haven't they yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually say his name yeah, as well Boli, Bolingoli and Bombo there you go yeah. 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 So well no, but, yeah. but I hope you get better soon. <laughs> <laughs> but but Celtic are not the type of club who can financially stockpile players. Mm. So you know, it doesn't take a genius to work out they've signed a person who plays mm. in in Kieran's position that they are mm. of the belief that it's it's unlikely he's going to be playing for them next season. Again, are you, are you just thinking this is boiling down completely to cash and, and Arsenal yeah. trying to get it down as low as possible? Mm. I think so. Twenty five million quid. I think it'd be twenty million pound plus add-ons yeah. ultimately. Can you feel a, a sense of frustration, maybe, from a, from a Celtic p- p- point of view, though, when they've seen the transfer fees of, again, Tyrone Mings, uh, Wambasaka? They're all going at forty plus million pounds, and look, I know they're all always going to be question marks. It's such an easy stick to hit, isn't it, with, with the player who comes from Scotland? But everything does suggest that Kieran Tierney, like Van Dyke, you mean? Well, exactly. <laughs> that, but yeah, that for, for every Van Dyke, there's. Um, a Scott Brown, a Chris Boyd, you know, mm. ones who can do it in Scotland, but were able to kind of replicate that yeah. back in back in, well, in if England. They want forty million. They should say we want forty million. They know they're mm. never going to get anything near that. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. I do. I do feel a certain degree of mm. um, sympathy for them. But yeah. What the interesting the interesting thing is, we're not linked with anybody really mm. since the Mernier rumours died down. We're not linked with any right back, and yet mm. Hector's not going to be back till November, and Maitland Niles patently isn't a right back. So. Mm. We've got two left backs, yeah, and um, no right backs ready for the start of the season, and yet we're linked with the left back. But well, there you go. Mm. So, who from that young crop of players do you expect to, to step up? We've had um, Emil Smith Rowe and Reese Nelson both out on loan last season. Do you expect them? They've not both been to head? given first team squad numbers. Yeah, so today. you expect them to play prominent? And Joe Willock, who didn't go on loan. I do wonder if Emil might go out on loan again. Though. Well, Leipzig have said they want him back, haven't yeah. they? Because he only played three games for, yeah. off the bench. He, he, he was, was injured from January. He didn't yeah. get fit to April. OK, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, because I really, really like the look of Emil. I was mm. a little bit surprised in the sense that he was sat out on loan, but at the same time... He scored un- three goals in Europa last Yeah, time. I can understand why, you know, if you're going to send him anywhere, the Bundesliga and, and, and mm. Leipzig felt like a, a decent fit. But yeah, so it was fitness, but he didn't play a huge amount, so maybe... No, he was injured when he yeah. went out there and didn't get fit, yeah. I mean, with somebody who watches an awful lot of Arsenal youth football who will try and get on the show shortly um, says that uh, Barcelona have you know have been mm. sniffing around Emil Smith Rowe that's how highly thought yeah. of he is so you're right he is very very exciting but Joe Willock 
they were they were almost competing really for a similar position mm. I think and when Smith Rowe went on loan then Joe Willock got his run in the Europa League including obviously playing in the final and did very very well mm. in fact did more in 15 minutes than Ozil did in 75 as every <laughs> Arsenal fan will tell you <laughs> barring the few mm. that still love Mesut Ozil the few, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, there are still a few. It's, 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 yeah, I think it's um, it's obviously not the end of the road for um, for Willock. It's not the culmination of his journey. But I think you know, comparing him to his brothers, who are obviously more naturally talented, I think he's done a really he's done really well to actually sort of like get himself promoted to the first team. And you know, he's he's a, he's a sort of underrated player. I think a lot of people, you know, because he hasn't got that flash and that flair, people sort of overlook him. But mm. you know, I, I hope he. Um, he carries on and, and you know... Yeah, no, his finances are mm. what, what, what we're told they are. Mm. It, it will be an opportunity for some mm. of these young players, you know, the, the likes of Willock, uh, Smith-Rowe and Nelson. Uh, we need to take a break, though. I'm going to come back. I'm going to speak to Omar Ritz, a former uh, Arsenal player, uh, currently working at Watford. I mean, he'd have a decent opinion of some of these young players coming through, and we? we'll speak to him next. This is Love Sport. Yeah, welcome back. It is the Arsenal Fan Show. Uh, Jake Watson for Johnny Barrow this evening. Uh, Gunners Tan Radio, Chaps, Dave and Giles in the studio. And we've got a uh, former Arsenal player, uh, Omar Ritz, on the phone. Omar, very good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? You okay? Evening, we're, all good. we're all good in here, aren't we? Uh, Omar, we've just been speaking about some of these these young players coming through at Arsenal at the moment. You know, we, we, we keep being told that the financial restrictions that maybe Arsenal are going to have to operate um, this coming season. I mean, what have you seen of a few of these boys coming through and who do you think could 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 make that breakthrough into a top six um, sides first 11? Because that's no, that's no mean feat, is it? No, it's not, you know. I mean, Listen, the, um, it's tough for the boys now. We, we already know that. You know, the process of coming through uh, a big clubs is, is very difficult. Um, and, you know, it's about them knuckling down, working hard, and when they get the opportunity, they try to take it. But, you know, there's a few good players um, uh, playing there at the minute, and it's, uh, you know, who, uh, whether they get the chance to do it or not. But it's, um, it is difficult. I don't know. You were probably at training this afternoon, Omar. It's Dave here, but they they gave. Did you I see that? Dave. Did they? Did they? Did you see they gave first team squad numbers to three of them today? To Nelson, to Smith Rowe, and to Willock. No, I didn't see that. Um, you know, I've only just finished actually down at. at so um, uh, I haven't had the chance to have a look, but that, that's great news. You know, it's, it's nice to be involved as youngsters, and it's nice to, you know, like you say, get the squad numbers and um, and, and feel part of it, and that will help them to to push on hopefully, and just about give being given the opportunity now, like, like I said. Can you give us some insight? I mean, you're, a, you're, you're, you're coaching under-23s now at Watford. Do you, mm. do you, is, does the club give you a target or is there a conversation at the start of the season about you know, how many or you know, how many should go on loan, how many should you know, get first team? Or are you given sort of um, you know, just targets as to what the club wants from you in that role? Oh, I think we may have just lost Omar. I thought that was a really good question, Dave, as well. I thought, maybe Anyone he's just thinking about this. <laughs> he's just thinking. No, but it is a good point, isn't it? Because I'd, I'd imagine it would vary and differ between so many clubs about what is expected. Um, you know, some clubs are, are so much better than others at bringing players through. But it is so much harder, isn't it, at a top six side? And sometimes you wonder why they spend so many millions on looking after these players when, when none of them ever get through. Yeah, I mean, I suppose in the past, Chelsea have used it as a revenue-making scheme, haven't they, sort of thing, you know. Um, and you look at PSG, they just they just made 40 to 60 million by selling three or four of their youngsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have got Omar back on the phone. Uh, so, Omar, Dave's question there was, I'm not sure if, if you heard it, how much kind of discussions do you have at Watford with your role with regards to maybe targets of pulling and putting um, some of your lads into, into the first team? Well, you know, obviously, there's always... Um there's always uh, targets and there's always um, 
a pressure of trying to get boys into the first team because you have to be showing that you're, you know, you're on the right track of producing players for the first team. Otherwise, you know, what is the point of having a, a, an academy? Um, obviously, when it comes to loans, we'll be told or we'll look at boys and we'll say, you know what, they might be excelling at where, where they're playing at the minute in the 23s and they need to be tested a little bit more. Uh, with a little bit more competitive edge to go and play first-team football at whatever level they can be pitched at, whoever they may be. Um, but in respect of in respect of players coming through, obviously our targets are to, to push boys on to play at every level they can at the club and break into the first-team. Hi, Omar. Um, can you tell me what is the relationship between the under-23 manager or coach and the, and the senior manager and then obviously the loans manager as well? I mean, what's the relationship? How does that work? Football you know, the... the, the um, the first team coaches and, and the staff are very good. You know, they're, they're now they, you know they they um, they try to involve um, the twenty threes and down, and, and the, they've had boys over this this year, this season, with three or four boys training with the first team. Um, so we've got a good environment now where we're um, you know we're trying to to um, make sure that there's involvement all round, so everyone feels like they've got a worth, and everyone feels like they're they're all working towards the same thing. So. Um, and that's quite important. And then also, what is your job? I mean, obviously, going up through the age grades, they you know technique and and and, and um, I suppose tactic tactics and whatnot are sort of like drilled into them. What's the what's the what's the aim there in the under twenty threes? Is it sort of like to mirror the first team, or or what, what's what's the aim there? Well, you know, it, obviously, we look at what what the first team are doing, and we try to implement certain parts of what they're doing because when they step into that first team environment, they need to be ready, but you know, we have a curriculum and obviously the boys are still learning from 18s up to 23s. We like to try and um, have um, a competitive edge because it's important that when they step into first team again, that they're ready. There's a lot of 23s now where um, we've, we've lost that and it's uh, it's hard for the players to be able to, for us to bridge that gap. So, um, you know, it's about, it's about analysis. It's about making sure that they're tactically aware of playing different systems. Um, so that they can they can go into uh, an environment and not feel out of place, and that's even if they go on loan. We try to implement different styles of play, so uh, again they know what uh, what to deal with when it comes when they come up against it. So you know, it, there's there's a whole range of things we try to to um, to teach throughout the whole um, year. But you know, the, the most important thing is that we're we're trying to get them ready for first team football. You sort of hinted at something there, Omar, that you know, obviously when you were coming through. It wasn't under 23s. It was youth. Then it was reserves. You sort of hinted that because there's no reserve team football now, they're not really getting that physicality. They're not getting to play with senior pros. What's the feeling in your own feeling and the feeling in football? Do you sense that do a lot of people miss the old setup, the combination league and reserve football? Because I personally think we're not we're not producing the same number of players at top level because of the lack of that. But that might be a completely naive view. Well, you know, obviously. The, the problem with, with the 23s now is that they're all 23s and below and it's, they're all still learning the game whereas you know you're looking where are they going to actually learn from where are they going to pick up where are they going to pick up key um, key parts of their game if they're not learning from anybody else other than the coaches that are coaching them um, not saying we're not doing it or trying to do a good job but you know there's nothing more um there's no better game than the game. It's, there's no better teaching than the game itself. So when you're playing with senior players, well, when I was playing for Arsenal with senior players, you know, I had players like at times like Dennis Burkham might have been playing or Mark Overmars or I remember playing a game and it was filled with nearly all first-team players and I was playing. So, um, 
it makes a difference. You learn a lot and you learn quickly, and you're playing against players with loads of experience. So uh, I suppose your learning is is, is, is more fast tracked that way. But now I suppose there's less pressure, so um, to um, to improve and get better. So it's just about now trying to to deliver a more realistic um, edge to the game, where when they step out like that gap between 23s and first team is, is massive. So the only way we can really bridge that is, is through taking them out on loan or them stepping into the first team environment and learn over time. Yeah, is, is it a task at all to, to keep these boys motivated, particularly at Premier League clubs, because it is so hard. It sometimes feel that you, you're almost, well, even, I suppose even for yourself as well, that you're developing players to ultimately not play for Watford. Well, I hope that, you know, you know that is, I suppose it's the case to a certain extent, but um, we have to be positive, and I have to be positive, and I, I look at every player, and I look at you know the squad, and I, and I you know what, there's work to do here. We need to push these boys to get them as far as we can to push them into the first team and give them half a chance. If it's not the first team here, then we are giving them an education where they can then go and further their careers at other clubs. So yeah, it, it can be frustrating, but um, I suppose if you think positively, you get positive outcomes. Okay, Omer, uh, absolute pleasure. Chat thank you all very good. much. Yeah, thank you very much, Omer. Omer thank, thank you very you. much. Really appreciate thank your time, you mate. Cheers, Omer. So yeah, like on that one, do, do, do you get the point that it feels frustrating sometimes that we, these, in particular, Premier League clubs, they, they spend all these millions of pounds. Mm. It's very, very rare. I mean, at best, you may see one breakthrough into into a first team, and that's a that's had a push. Mm. There's very few, very few Premier League sides where it's littered with with academy products. Is there not even a slight part of you that is actually quite excited? by not having the cash at the moment and that you may see some of these players come through. I feel like that and I think Chigi, you know, talking to Chigi, he feels like that, the same at Chelsea. It's quite a unique situation, isn't it? For the first time in however many years, you've got two of the big six facing, you know, slightly different circumstances, but it means they're going to have to operate a bit differently. You know, I'm excited about seeing the likes of Mason Mount and Callum Hudson-Odoi and Rhys James hopefully come through at at Chelsea. And again, I was talking to you off air about Emile Smith-Rowe. I think think he's got something special. I do, and 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 I don't think going to a championship club on loan would benefit him. Mm. I think he's someone that you look after and give, you know, as much game time as, as you can. And hopefully, and again, Reece Nelson, I couldn't believe how little he played at the England 21. And when he did play, yeah, I yeah. Couldn't we believe looked a lot, it. We much better you know, team. Th- there are some really exciting players and there is going to be an opportunity, hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood for these boys to play. And I think, Dave, you wrote a blog a couple of weeks ago about the, the connection between fans and homegrown players. It helps, doesn't it? It really does, you mm. know, especially at a time like this where... You know, maybe we haven't got so much to look forward to. Obviously, there's all talks about transfer budgets and whatnot. But to see one of your own come through, fans, they they just absolutely, they, you know, there's a bond there, mm. you know. And to see as many, to try and, if you see three or four players in the squad, maybe two start or whatnot, it's, it, 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 you know, you, you give them well, that it's, bit it's more time. Why, it's why most of us have been patient with Alex Awobi. Yeah. Mm. More yeah, than, yeah. more. If, He's been, if he, if he was, if he was a signing. Yeah. He, he if it was Javinho, yeah. he'd be he'd be in China yeah, he already. Been, yeah. yeah. Now, my point in the blog was when when you if you accept you're not going to win something, then it's all about the match day experience, and the match day experience will be made better. You know, there's the beer before, there's a the beer afterwards, but the match you yeah. want to see good football, and you want to see pe- people playing with a smile on their face with a pride in the shirt. Yeah, no, so, and it is. So it, I would love to see three or four of our own players blended with the with the experience, and it just worked in the eighties for Arsenal, it worked in for the nineties Man United. Maybe it can work again. Who knows? Mm. And, you know, not to be um, 
a localist or whatever, but you know, there's nothing more. There's nothing like seeing. I thought you were Nigerian. When it suits you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> if we win the African nation, definitely. Thought Charles was going to do Brexit on us then. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing more. You know, if you know as a kid from around the way or whatever, yeah. born in the same borough as you or whatnot, and you know they, they bleed the same as you. Like we're going to talk about one of the legends. Uh, coming up, you know, didn't start at the club, but he's a Londoner. Yeah. You know, he gets it. You know, he's a fan. He's, as much as he's a legend, he's a fan as well. You know. Is he going to give away? Oh, is he going to give away no, the legend? Stop is. talking. Stop talking. No, but it's, it's a completely but, fair point. No, yeah. for, for the fans, we love seeing it, but at the same time, the players as well. It means yeah. more for them, and there's, there's nothing worse than the players just you no, know, not necessarily using the platform. It's just one of the clubs they play for in their career. You know, that that's what you want. And again, I, I can talk as a less fan at the moment. We we're in a current situation where we've got so many English players and three or four actually academy project genuine in the first team. And it does it does that that connection between mm. you know in a, in an era where sometimes we do feel a little bit disconnected, don't we, with, with our football clubs? Well, that does help bridge that gap. I'm sure I'm looking at Hamza Chowdhury, and I think yeah. you know what what a young player from, he is. T- yeah, him him and Harvey Barnes yeah. have been playing at Leicester since they're like six years old. Well. That's nuts. Yeah, but they, 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 Barnes and Chowdhury have known since like five six years old yeah. in, the, in the academy. I've say Ben Chilwell in there. You know, he can throw off Jake, the English Last lads. year, Jake didn't rate Ben Chilwell. <laughs> <Do you> remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh come on. So when you did, you searched your own tweets. You want to search that? No, tweet. you told me that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> can I? Can I try? Could talk my way out. Revise of that? that opinion. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. I said. I said that he'd stagnated a little bit, and we weren't that big a fan of him at the time. And we, and we, wouldn't, and we wouldn't have been gutted if he had have left. Um, Fast forward. I was wrong, and I'm, 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 I'm happy to say I'm I was mad wrong. enough to admit it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Giles did very nearly uh, reveal our legend of the week. Uh, we'll do that next after this break. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. Yeah, welcome back, Arsenal Fan Show. Uh, we've got David Giles from Gunners Town Radio. Uh, Jake in for Johnny this evening, um, and it is that time as. Giles very, very, so nearly revealed. Um, it's time for our Legend of the Week. See what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk. The place for football shirts. Do you know what? I proper like this feature. It's, it's a new thing here on Love Sport. I like reminiscing. And also I like doing these fan shows because sometimes it's either a name or a person we've not really thought about in a while. Or also someone I've completely just never knew, but it means so much to, to that particular fan. But for this name... It cannot be said. Everyone knows who this guy is, <laughs> but he's a proper bona fide legend, and everyone, everyone loves talking about him. Who is who is the, the legend of the week this week, chaps? He's not born Laguna. He's made one. His name's Ian Wright. Right, yes. right. <laughs> yes, he's yeah. a proper legend, isn't he? Absolutely. Well, I, mean, I think it's t- it's topical this week as well. Obviously, well, we could have done it last week. We did Freddie, which is also topical, but just because of the, his role in the Adidas yeah. you know, kit video yeah. just makes it, his name's on the tip of everyone's tongues, and he's just such natural in that. He's just yeah. he just played that part of being an Arsenal legend yeah. so well in that Adidas kit so yeah and it okay. just resonates with all the fans he, he's always since the first moment he got to Arsenal he just resonated with all the fans his passion I mean even his celebrations you know I mean, I've liked him since he was at Palace you know um, South London boy South East London I'm a South London boy I've known about him since you know from God knows when and then when he I couldn't believe he actually came to Arsenal and I know people say that George Graham eventually built the team around him and like we stopped playing our expansive football we went quite defensive but I mean he was a man apart from anybody else you know the way he scored the way he used to get under people's skin the kind of goals he scored the yeah. celebrations 
everything. He was yeah. just a breath of. He was a rebel. It was a, it was a breath of fresh air. For it was that. a time. The same time as like him and Robbie Fowler were the two most naturally instinctive finishers playing yeah. in the Premier League at the same time. And we can all talk about Thierry Henry as being an all-time Arsenal great and Dennis Bergkamp, but neither of them were natural poachers mm. like Wrighty was. Yeah. And you just have to imagine what Wrighty could have done mm. playing in the same team that. <laughs> that Henri played in, you know, to be honest, because he some of the goals outrageous from all over the pitch, yeah. headers for a small guy, just anything, yeah. nothing was impossible. I think it's with, with, with Ian, it's we often we we know them as as footballers and maybe a, a TV pundit personality. I can't, I think it was a blog post he did, maybe even as long as a year ago, and and I read it and his story, you know, with it with his family and mm. his his brother, and I just just didn't know about it. And yeah, he, he opened up about maybe struggling at times with, with things, um, and yeah, he's a he's. He's a really interesting man who's who's been and seen pretty much everything. He's very, but he's, but he's, a, he's a good man. He's a good man. Yeah, I mean, everyone remembers the video he did a few years ago about talking about his life growing up and then mm. meeting the, his old teacher in the stadium and whatnot. And yeah, you know, but also yeah. also the film the, the with Rocky, the sort of the Rocky coming Rocky through Castle, from Broccoli, yeah, exactly, you know, you know, the relationship superb. they had. Yeah, I mean, for me, Turin Reed's the greatest, but the best striker, best as. Dave said the best natural finisher I've ever seen play for Arsenal, mm. without a shadow of a doubt, is Ian Wright. Did it on his own. <laughs> That's what he did. They knocked the ball up to him, yeah, and he yeah. just you do the rest. Yeah, and I remember, I remember at the um, '89 night, the, the second one. I think Perry Groves was the guest speaker, and he would say that um, Wright just wasn't great. He wasn't great at doing tactics. You know, and George Graham knew it, so he'd just say to them, "Not right, just." You know, the rest of the, all the other ten of you, you know what to do. This is your positions and whatnot, and then Wrighty just give it to righty sort of thing and that was the kind of natural kind of spontaneous imp- you know uh, impromptu kind of character he was you know yeah. I mean, no he was it was it was astonishing and my biggest regret Ryan Wright was the season when he broke the record of you know, the, the 179 and the vest and everything was that when he got injured he, he didn't really get back in the side at mm. the end of the season you know Nelka was in the side with Bergkamp and I you know there's this there's this rumor story Half truth was that Arsene Wenger promised him he would come on in the cup final, and we were two 0 up with fifteen mm. minutes to go, and he didn't come on. It would have been his last appearance for Arsenal yeah. at Wembley in the FA Cup final, to, you know, securing the double. It would have been such a perfect Fitting. end, yeah. and that's the one regret I've got about Ian Rice at Arsenal. It's such a shame that didn't happen because yeah. he even he even was he would have gone to the World Cup if he hadn't got yeah. injured. I yeah. think because he was playing that, that well, game he played against Italy, Italy where he yeah. was you know the went, post like, or something. Oh, yeah. unbelievable! But it's almost criminal, though, isn't it? We we talk now of the overinflated prices for English players, but just seeing that England squad back then, the things you had to do to get into that England team, the fact that Andy Cole, Robbie Fowler, Ian Wright's England careers was so Stan Collymore or even. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say it, but they had so many he, great strikers. He then, said yeah. that the it's unbelievable. He, yeah, he said that when he first got into the English squad and he saw the quality of strikers, he couldn't believe it. Mm. You know, I mean, the, 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 Taylor the, definitely didn't like him. No, yeah, you, England didn't. literally have one striker now. Yeah, literally exactly. have one striker. Yeah. Just think was, if they were in in that era. Oh, but what it, he could in, have done. The, in the um, what each year was it? The when uh, he got the Swede and we got knocked out by Sweden. Ninety two. Ninety two. So Ian Wright was absolutely at the peak of, of his, his powers, powers yeah. and he took Merson and Smith mm. and didn't take Wright to that that Euros. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, don't get me wrong, two great players, oh, yeah. but you know, I think you know there were a lot of people who didn't go yeah. to that on that trip that you know should have done. But yeah. Ian Wright definitely should have done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know? I always wonder. Always one regret of him is he came to us at twenty eight, twenty nine. I mean, if he'd have come to us at yeah. 
He didn't make it. He was playing for Dulwich Hamlet, wasn't he? I yeah. mean, yeah. 22, he didn't, or Greenwich Borough, yeah. whatever. Yeah. He didn't yeah. play, yeah. Exactly. So, even more incredible. Yeah. You know, to exactly. achieve what he did. Yeah. And, and to think that we got him for 2.5 million. And, I mean, obviously, knows, everyone knows the story about David Dean and Ron Nodes and whatnot. And, you know, and just you think fast forward now, 20 or whatever, 25 years later, when talking about Wilfred Zaha. <laughs> you know, it's the same kind of yeah. character. If you want, you know, a similar kind of personality to to, to Ian Wright. And Actually, I just, I've just thought of another regret about Ian Wright. That he, that he only got to play one season with David Rowcastle. Yeah, that's that's yeah. tragic, really tragic. Yeah. Because they loved each other and they yeah, were yeah. such good friends. And and then Ren Rowcastle was sold. And yeah. there's another legend for a future week. But yeah, that yeah. was that was very very sad. Because he said when he signed, they stayed up all night, didn't they? He yeah. went to Rowcastle and he stayed up all night talking about it. And you know, Rowcastle was telling him he's, God, he's godfather to the yeah. kids. Yeah. And also when. At the 89 thing, um, Ian Wright was asked by the rest of the players and the family to stand in, you know, to speak on yeah. behalf of Roadcastle and be in the film talking for Rocky, even though he wasn't there in 89. Yeah. yeah. So that's how much they thought of him. So for, for you, you know, Giles said Thierry is his number one. Is, he, is, it, is it Thierry and Ian for you as the outstanding top two? Well, you, or who would you have rivaling? Well, Bergkamp would have to play with anyone. So yeah. it, would be Berg, it would be Bergkamp and one of them. But it would be Bergkamp and Henri. Don't mm. get me wrong. But I don't have the same affinity to Thierry Henri that I have to Ian Wright mm. because of yeah. my age and because he came through the way he did and, and because of his love for the club and how brilliant he is and the fact that he won't, be, he won't be a full-time ambassador for the club now. He'll do things that he thinks right when they mm. ask him. Yeah. He won't do the Ray Parler, can't, you know, can't say anything yeah, out of yeah, line. Yeah. He won't do that. Yeah, you know, uh, he's okay, his own man. Perfect. Well, look, that is um, Ian Wright, uh, the club legend of the week. See what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk. The place for football shirts. Uh, so, if it's very quickly, well, a minute before we shoot off, a couple of pre-season games before the season kicks off. What, what have we got for Arsenal? Well, it's this ICC America, Cup. We? We're in America for mm-hmm. about. We're playing Real Madrid out there, Colorado Rapids. Yep, we are playing. Colorado. We're not. We're not playing another Premier League side until we come back. Actually, we're in Washington, then we're going up to to Colorado. Yeah, but they're all in America. Whereas some yeah. of the other ICC games are around mm-hmm. the world. The other interesting story we can touch on actually, because I just thought very quickly. It. Well, very no, because Lauren Koscielny, because he's obviously there's word that he'd like to be released from his contract, and um, and obviously the club rightly is saying, well, if someone wants to buy you, they can buy you. You know, you've, you've given us. It was nine years yesterday you yeah. signed him, and mm. you know, I think if we don't sign another centre back, I, I, I would keep him. Yeah. As, well, as club captain yeah. and as as a play every two or three games, you know, he's still a great player when but he's I mean, fit. Do you think Giles mate, we've run out of time? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> as interested as I'm sure it's going to be, uh, look, we need to go. Chaps, it's been a pleasure being back in the studio again with you. We're Johnny so will be back next week. Goodbye. <laughs> this program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. 